0: Sorry, guys. Some of the difficulties. My daughter has got an yeah. I know my daughter got in and um, touched some of the, the, these buttons and that before she went to sleep. So let me know if um, you guys can hear me now clearly. If you can hear me clearly, hopefully we're on. Um, we are live. Says Islam versus Darius will be the fight they make. Maybe. Ooh, that's a crazy fight, you know. Because after seeing this, after seeing that fight. I don't know that um, that Islam necessarily gets past Darish. Um, Darish is, I think, Islam's a better wrestler, but Darish jiu jitsu is no joke. And Thiago gave him all he could handle. Like, like he he gave some really really good. Um, like he he had a few really. Just a sec, sorry. Um, he gave some really good moments there in that fight. You know, he gave some really, really good moments. I'm um, talking about Tiago and uh, Darish jiu-jitsu. He's like won world titles in jiu-jitsu and whatnot. So he's he's got very, very serious jiu-jitsu. And if he gets on top, if he gets on, on top, I think he can create a, quite a bit of, of problems there for um Islam. And the other thing that I didn't see with Islam, although he's, his striking is good and it's fluid, I don't know that he's got enough striking to overwhelm someone like Dariush. That that's uh, as um, as well as well rounded as he is and as weathered as he is. Now, if you're asking me who's going to win that fight, my pick is Islam. My pick would be Islam. I was I was very impressed by Islam, and I was very impressed by Moraes in in his loss. To be honest with you. Um, he had some really good moments there as well. but yeah I'm'm'm I'm, I'm, I was impressed by by Islam. but I saw certain things there that I think and I think see for, for those wrestle heavy grappler kind of guys, I think someone like like Darish now who Darish is today can pose some really real problems there. Um, but I'm I'm really interested to see that fight. Um, We're live. the snake is back this week. Thank you, sir. Um, So, okay. We are live says, Jeremy Stevens disappointed me. wanted to see him bang. It's a funny thing with Jeremy Stevens for the reputation that he has as a knockout artist. He's actually got very few knockouts. Like he doesn't have that many stoppages compared to, like as you would think for someone with that reputation. I think that a lot of that came home, came with um, that knockout of uh, Dos Uh, uh, we are alive. Says, but that Polish dude took his arm home with him. He did, didn't he? Fuck, Gamrot's very good though. He's a very, very good, very, very good wrestler. Very good grappler. Very, very impressed with him. Um. So Tasman Andrew says we can hear you. So yeah, no, that's I suppose that that's the the interesting stuff that happened. I, I don't know for me in that in that fight, there wasn't huge amounts to take home from from that card other than the, the the main fight of the of the evening I, w- I was really impressed with islam i was impressed with with his ability to just keep keep on the game plan and not get caught up into in other things and then also moraes is very uh uh tiago has very good jiu-jitsu and islam handled it very 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 well and you could tell just by the positions that islam was getting in into. And how well, you know, how how well both of them were were grappling on the ground, but Islam was always one or two steps ahead, you know. And it was very very impressive. I I don't know who that what they who they give next or or what they're going to do there. I I don't know. I'm very Moisés. Uh, Moisés was, in my opinion, in in my opinion, like he didn't really win any of the exchanges, but he just stayed in there. And he he showed some good levels of technique with, especially he got. A takedown on on Islam and whatnot, which wouldn't be easy, but I wasn't like the Drew Doba fight. I guess it kind of gives you an example of where Moises is at because you saw him fight, um, you saw Islam fight Drew Doba, and he completely ran through Doba, and I think that also set the expectation really, really high for what you thought. Um, Islam will do. The other one that, that interests me as well, the fight that interests me that's coming up is Sanhagen versus Uh Dillashaw. That's a big one that, that interests me. And that's interesting to me, I think, because the enigma there is I don't know how, um, how Dillashaw's coming back. I don't know what he's going to be like. I think he's a little bit older as well. And if he's minus the, the performance-enhancing drugs plus age, I don't know. Um, normally under normal circumstances, if it was the Dillashaw that I've seen before and whatnot, I'd probably back Dillashaw in that fight just simply because, um, I know, I know that people saying like San Hagen has beat him up in training and whatnot. Training's different. The same thing was said about, um, I think they saying that about Cody that he'd beat up, um, Dillashaw as well at training and knocked him out or whatever. And it doesn't mean anything. Um, and I see. Yeah, I I saw the fight with um Moraes, with Marlon Moraes and and Sanhagen. While Sanhagen won that clearly, uh, Moraes was able to put him in, in the, to do a few things, to try a few things, and to to show a couple of things that I think TJ does better than than Moraes, does does very very well. Also. TJ doesn't stay in the pocket he doesn't stay in the pocket and, and he uh, he doesn't he sets stuff up he knows he knows how to move stuff his footwork's very good I don't I don't know how yeah I don't know I don't think he's going to be there for San Hagan to hit him so so to speak so I don't know it's an interesting one for me I I find that a very very interesting fight the big the big enigma for me is where is where is um Dillashaw going to be at because he's been out for two years, he's over 30, he's had more than allegations like he was guilty of taking not some drugs but all of the drugs and I wonder how how he's going to come back I wonder if he's just going to keep going with um, I wonder if he's going to keep taking the the performance enhancing drugs I don't know it's it's a very interesting thing for me I, I don't know, I wasn't that that impressed i don't know the card itself it wasn't my favorite card i'm not going to lie to you it was it was an it had some good fights i'm just going to go through a few of the, the fights now but it nothing misha tate versus marion Renault. man i she won she beat her but i don't i don't see how um how she's going to beat someone like uh yeah Amanda Nunes or anyone like that Randy says glad to catch you live fab thank you Randy yeah I don't I don't see how she's going to beat anyone like that I don't know um like just the person I saw maybe it was the ring rust I don't know what it was again can she come back from that can she improve from that maybe maybe she gets into a groove I don't know but it was it wasn't in my opinion it wasn't like a fantastic thing i'm i'm really keen to hear what you guys have to say on on the fights and we can have a chat about it um it was interesting i mean there were some there were some fights there that you know the gamrot fight versus stevens fight that was a very interesting fight as well gamrot was all over him from the start and he did such a good job with it as well i thought that stevens would have a little bit more for him on the ground but he was massively outclassed. With Gamrod, he got the takedown, and then Stevens went for that Kimura on the far side or a version of that Kimura on the far side, and it's hard. Whenever you don't have those legs locked down, it basically um, allows you to jump to the other side for the armbar or the, or the Kimura itself, and that's what Gamrot did, and he did it like bang, bang, bang. So that, he was super impressive. Adolfo Vera showed improvements with his jab, he did show some improvements with his jab. His jujitsu is off the hook, hundred percent. But it's not his jujitsu; it's his application of that jujitsu in a in an actual fight. He is fantastic, an absolutely fantastic fighter, and I love watching him fight. But I just, I just don't know how he's going to deal with the upper echelons because he's not young; he's not twenty one or twenty two years old. And I don't know how much more we're going to see improvements in him. I, I'm not saying we can't. I just don't know um some says dillashaw is getting old now especially for the bantams where speed is so important i'm so glad you say that as well um a lot of people don't realize that you don't see um you see the strength and power the last components of fitness to go and that's why you see heavyweights fighting on you know that you see them keep continue to fight later and later but um like speed power your reflexes and that in the lighter weight divisions you you they go they go first and so a guy like dillashaw he's super, superbly technical and his application of that technique and he's also very tactical not just technical he's very tactical um but i do see that age especially coming off performance enhancing drugs should he even be allowed to fight i don't know you know what i mean i uh, you know for spending that that amount of time but he's i think he's also had to sit out a couple of years of his peak which um you probably won't get to see you know you, you didn't get to see that he met his as, at his absolute peak and that's where i think the the San hagen is you know advantageous in that sense although he's not a, a spring chicken either but you know the the fact that that um Dillashaw is coming off drugs, and he's coming off that. I, I, I don't know. That one's a real enigma to me. What I was saying about Rodolfo Vieira, I liked it. I liked his jab. I liked the way he he'd shown that he'd improved it with his jab. But even you can see it in, in when he, when he gets hit, the the composure. I hope that the composure improves more. Um, because once he, if if he gets the striking, if he gets his striking and his grappling to be in sync because he's sort of either striking or grappling. When he's grappling, dude, you don't want that guy on top of you, man. That guy's a monster. He's an absolute monster. Um, but you don't want when he's striking. He's worked on his jab a lot. He's got a good little jab that he's that he's working on. But there's still a lot of things there. You can see the composure is not quite there when he gets hit. You can see that he's still a little bit stiff with it with his with his movement when he's striking. And I I don't know how that's going to fare with the upper echelons of that division because there are some stone cold killers in that division with very, very good hands and very good takedown defense. So that, that one was an interesting one for me. I was impressed with Vieira. I'm always impressed with Vieira. I'm a huge fan of Vieira's. He went in and he did the job and he showed improvements and he showed better pacing and he showed his ability to to still do his job, still get go for the fight to the ground, get the submission and whatnot, but he was much more composed in how he did it. Um, so I was pretty impressed with with Vieira. I thought the Billy Quarantillo fight versus Gabriel Benitez that was that was that was probably I don't know if the top of my head probably fight of the night for me. Um Benitez is tough as they come, but he took so much damage in that fight as well. I don't know what the reports were at the end of it. I don't know if he broke his eye socket or what. Um but yeah, it was pretty pretty brutal, man. That that fight. Um Billy Quarantello showed that he's you know, he's the real deal and he's got he's got real skills and he's got good fight in him, good chin. Benitez showed a fantastic chin in that fight. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. Oliver Ekman says, "I am here, Fab. Not to fear. Thank God you're here, Oliver. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't know. Um, where? Like, you know, when when you see other cards, and you go, okay, that this is what's next, etc., 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 etc. With Islam, I I don't know anymore. Like, not anymore, but I don't know exactly where that puts him. I think somebody said Darish. Dariush is an interesting. Fight." um dos anos is an interesting fight although dos Anjos doesn't fare the best against wrestlers you know he doesn't do that well against some um, against wrestlers so i think that islam beats um dos Anjos, you know um I'm, I'm interested to see him fight Darius. to be honest with you <laughs> randy says how are you today i'm doing fine randy i'm okay mate i'm okay i um didn't sleep the best last night my daughter kept me and my wife up all night but um i am here and that's what's important so yeah i i I don't know that see that fight and the misha tate versus marion fight again i i don't know exactly what what that one would do oliver ekman says randy what do you do for work (laughs) nice (laughs) what do you do for work randy um yeah so Again, I don't, I don't know with a Misha take one. I don't know what the what the reception to that fight has been like by the powers that be and whatnot. I don't know if they're saying, I don't know if that's meant to get Misha up into contendership or whatnot. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on that. So yeah, I, I don't know the Dillashaw card next week's card as well. It doesn't. Nicholas is right. Says I believe Islam said in the post fight presser that he thinks Daesh is too big a step up for him. I believe Islam said in the post fight presser that he thinks Daesh is too big a step up for him. Really? Well that's very interesting man. That's very very interesting. I um I, I didn't hear him say that. I didn't listen to the press conference. It's interesting that if he if he does have that mentality, if he if he's thinking that I I wonder Like you know he's smart, then do you know what I mean? not because I don't think he can't beat Darish, I think he's being brought along slowly, and um you know the. It, i I like it it's a very systematic approach. I think that that you don't want to push him too fast, too early against some of the the upper echelons of that of the competition because I think there are some really good guys at lightweight right now um. So I don't know that he's too big of a step. I don't know that he can't handle him, but that's a hard fight for him. You know what I mean? It's a really hard fight, I think. Um, Hanoi Tripper says, Hi Fab, did you talk about Hooker and Islam yet? Um, no, we haven't. Please do. Please discuss it. I, I honestly think Hooker's probably one of the worst matchups for for Islam at the moment. Um, I said it before. I think Dan Hooker's got... Whilst he lost the fight to Poirier, I think Poirier and him, all right, they could split a few fights. Maybe Poirier beats him more times than, than than Dan beats him. But the thing with Dan is he he moves more fluid than um than Poirier. He's got much better like movement in and out, and he's much more evasive. When they fight each other, it's a little bit different because Poirier, while he's still like kind of plotting, but he's got good hands. He'll take the shots. He'll come forward. He's always very, very fit. And um, like Coach Mike Brown said, he's got pr- probably the best wattage in the in the um, uh, lightweight division. But having said that, Hooker can take damage. He's got good jiu good takedown defense, and he can strike. And he can move on his feet. You know, he's not plotting. He's got a good arsenal of strikes. He hits hard. I think he's a real bad matchup for Islam, in my opinion. That's me. Please tell me what you guys think. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I never heard him say anything like that. I, I don't know that he'd blatantly come out and say it, but yeah. Oliver Ekman says, Bab, Do you think the winner of next week's main event gets a title shot? At Bantamweight. Can you give Dillashaw a, a, a shot? What do you guys think? Should Dillashaw even be fighting? Let's go. Let's say he goes out and ices Sanhagen, just smashes him. You'd have to think he'd be right up there. I think Sanhagen's number two, you know, and he's going straight into that, you know, into the belly of the beast, so to speak. So, you know, it is what it is, you know, like, I, I don't know um some says poirier was saved by the bell after round one in that match he admitted it in the press conference the knee to the head yeah 100 percent, man 100 um but end of the day dude there is a bell and you do fight rounds you know that's that's it is what it is um i think that poor uh hooker is more fluid with his striking than poirier you know so i, I don't know yeah and and going back to the Sanhagen thing and and Dillashaw, you'd imagine he would be. I mean, all of that aside, let's say that he's there now. If he beats Sanhagen, yeah, I'd, I'd say he does get a a shot at the belt. I'd I'd say they'd have to run um, Sterling and Yan back. I don't know what they're doing with that, and then he would have to fight the winner of them, I suppose. So yeah, now that fight, Poirier and Hooker, I watched it again just the other day. And it just seemed like Hooker, you know, the, Hooker had some really, really good moments in that fight, really good moments. But that pressure from Poirier where he just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps hitting and keeps coming and keeps hitting, um, it kind of just, you know, wore Dan Hooker down a little bit, you know, Um I think Hooker's, I've always said it anyways, I think Hooker's a bad matchup for a lot of people in that division, you know? Um, Every matchup just about that I think of, I think then Hooker's like a bad matchup for him, you know what I mean? Not the matchup you want. Aiden Long TV. How are you, Aiden Long? Aiden Long was a student of mine at Macquarie Fields Tafe, the people's champion. How are you, sir? I think TJ Dillashaw would make a good comeback. Corey is also a very interesting fighter, similar style, awesome clash. I think Dillashaw has really, really, he's, he, man, Dillashaw at his peak, I, I think would be um, Corey. Corey's real tall man. He's off like my height, you know. He's like a meter eighty five, five eleven, six foot, and fights at bantamweight. He's, he's a tall guy. He's ex basketball player. He's got good footwork, good athlete, but. But Dillashaw man, when he was at like at his best, his ability to move in and out, switch stances, hit you from different angles. He had so many tools in the tool belt. You know, for a guy that grew up wrestling, a guy who grew up wrestling, um, to have that level of striking that he does and the fight IQ that he does is very, very impressive, man. Oliver Ekman says, "I think they should have gone back and tested TJ's other fights. If he only took the EPO to get to 125, then maybe give him a shot. I don't know, man. If you if he didn't take EPO just to get to 125, come on, come on, Oliver, come on, mate. And then even then, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if you took it for for that or for this or for whatever. You know, it's it's insane, dude. Like you think about." You think about people. You got two fighters. You know, all things being equal, you got two fighters here, and one of them. So you got two fighters here. One of them fights the other dude. They have a close fight. He wins. He goes like he. Not only that day does he get the bonus. Does he get? Let's say he. Let's say he knocks him out. He gets a fifty thousand dollar bonus. Now at seventy five, he gets an advancement into his career. He might win the next fight. And his career has gone this way. This guy loses his win bonus. This guy got the win bonus plus the bonus for knocking him out. Doesn't get a bonus for getting knocked out. Doesn't get his win bonus. So his money got halved. Then he, this fellow here, might lose his next fight because it's every fight's 50-50. Now his career has gone, and this guy's gone. And a lot of the stuff, when in elite sport, man, is circumstantial. You were there that day. It happened the way it happened that day. You took advantage of it. You jumped on. You won. Who dares win? That's what happens. So when you're fighting, and you you, to, for anyone that's in it that knows the game a little bit, if you test positive, dude, and it's like you're testing positive in fighting like that for something that's as fickle as as no holds barred fighting, mate, you shouldn't be allowed to fight, man. You like the difference that you're taking is huge, man. Because it's binary, you know what I mean? It's one or the other, you know? There's only two things. Other, of course, and a draw. But really, you win or you lose. And there's such a massive difference in the UFC for winning or losing. It's not like you're playing basketball and you're going to play 82 games in a season. And whether you win or lose or whatever, you're still on your contract. No. You get paid on what you win, on if you win or if you lose. So the penalties don't even come close to that, man. And the rewards are so much bigger if you if you win. Sorry, man. I'm pretty passionate about that because it, it ties back into fighter pay, what I, what I was going to say just then. um, Because with the, with the fighter pay, sorry, I'll come back to this. With fighter pay, what people don't realize as well, the pay is so low that it's hard for you to get, even, even like champions, you know what I mean, or guys that are heading up to champions, it's hard for you to pay for good coaching, good staff, until you're at a certain level, you know. So you got to hope that people are going to take, and and don't don't say to me, oh, you can go to this team or you can go to that team. That doesn't mean that they're the best team for you, you know. You could put a team together of people that you've never heard of that are great. You could go to the Australian Institute of Sport and get the head strength and conditioning guy, who's he'll be better than anyone that you'll know, of, you know. But you don't know who he is. So what I'm saying is, as a as an athlete you're trying to put together a team a good team that fits you and is working for you you don't you can't do that if you're getting paid 15 to show 15 to win you know what i mean like it's very 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 difficult thing to do um so yeah the fighter pay it's so low man that that it's hard for you to even put a team together it's very very difficult and hence why I'm saying, like when you lose, one guy goes boom, and now he's got more money and he's got more things added to his disposal that he can use, and the other guy's just gone all the way back down. So winning gives you a couple of years, you know what I mean, on top of it. You know, like gives you more money, you're able to get you're able to reinvest in yourself, get better drugs. It's it's a whole It's a massive thing with the winning and losing. Joseph Feely, thank you so much, sir. really appreciate it. Says, do you think McGregor needs to take on lower ranked opponents to recreate his magic streak? UFC keeps on giving him the the top guys for his return fights. The problem is, it's like being a champion, right? If you're a champion, you've got to fight the number one guy. You have to fight the guys that's coming up, especially in the UFC. There's no um, non-mandatory defenses like you have in, in boxing. In boxing, you don't. You you have like a mandatory defense you have to make, but you can fight guys that aren't the 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 net number one contender. You, you might have two depending on your contract, and then you have to fight the the, the mandatory de- the guy. Um. So, so the problem with McGregor is that he's a massive draw, and he may as well be the champion. You know, with, with how ma- massively promoted he is, and you have to be able to get behind a narrative, behind a storyline. And the UFC is very good at that, and they're very good at promoting that. But it's going to be hard. It's a double-edged sword, right? You've got to find the guy that McGregor matches up well with. Like, With all respect to him, nothing against him, but Cerrone, Cerrone matches up well with McGregor. Um, is a guy that is a late starter. McGregor's a fast starter. Uh, Cerrone doesn't do that well against Southpaw's McGregor's a southpaw. McGregor's a fast starter, hits hard as well. Cerrone kind of takes some shots early on, and that's when McGregor's going to give you those shots. Not saying that Cerrone's not a great fighter. He's a fantastic fighter, and some people match up better with others and vice versa. But Cerrone and McGregor is not going to be a good matchup for Cerrone. So that works in their advantage, that works in their favor. So when they lined McGregor and Cerrone up, you can create a story, you can create a narrative. Cerrone's a big name in his own right. People are going to tune in to watch that fight. You know the problem now is, even were you to create a story for argument's sake, let's say you say, who am I going to put him in up? Who am I going to put him against? Let's put him against Brad Riddell. What if Brad Riddell outstrikes him? And Brad Riddell isn't a huge name. I think Brad Riddell will outstrike him. Brad Riddell isn't a huge name. Now McGregor's lost to a guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Brad Riddell might be in the top 15. You know, So I'm asking you, how far back do you want to go? Do you want to give him Gregor Gillespie? Does he beat Gregor Gillespie? I don't know. You know, like, And you have to create a narrative, and then you have him losing to the number 14th guy. What happens then? I, I, I don't think they can do that. That's what's going to be very hard for McGregor. McGregor will sell. He'll sell. But at some point, you've got to wonder, Uh, Those guys that I just said then, Brad Riddell would beat him, I think. I think Dos Anjos might be a good matchup for him, I think. Maybe. Maybe, because Dos Anjos might be getting a little bit older. Maybe. (laughs) I wouldn't write Dos Anjos off. It's uh, some hard matches, man, there. Who who are you going to match him up with? Hooker? Hooker, I believe Hooker beats McGregor badly like like Poirier did I don't I don't see Charles Oliveira that see there you go Charles Oliveira will be an interesting fight he and McGregor Uh, because McGregor I think early on in the fight has a good chance to start Oliveira very good chance that's that's more an answer to your questions not like more so what do I think they're going to do I just think it's very hard now like it's very hard to, to and i get exactly what you mean, to build that momentum. I think it's very, very hard with that, like that, with with McGregor, because you have to give him big name fights. You can't, you know, uh, I, it'd be hard for you to just start bringing people through like, like they did, you know, for, for him to start his run up the, up the food chain like he did in featherweight, which, man. He's, he is one of the biggest names in sport, so it's hard to get him, you know, guys that you think he's going to be able to beat. Um, Olive Ekman says, I'm sorry, the kombucha is getting to my mind. I'm not thinking straight. Um, they've checked Randy's credentials and he came back clean. Hungarian Hustler says, hey, Fab, I'm sitting here with our little one and listening in. I'm having trouble getting him back to MMA classes after school holidays. Can you let Noah know why it's important to be doing his classes? Mate, Noah, one, I think it's fun. That's a number one thing. You should go somewhere that, where it's fun. Number two is you don't want to get into fights ever at school or anywhere else. So you don't want to get picked on. And the best way for you to do that is for you to know that you can, you, you can defend yourself. And in the words of the great Half Gracie, one day – Someone is going to try and take something from you and you're going to have to choke that motherfucker. That's what he said. And um, it is true. Hopefully, it'll never happen, Noah. But you want to be able to defend yourself so that nobody ever puts it on you, you know? And it's fun. More than anything, it's fun. You get to train, and when you get a bit older and you can train with your dad more, it's fun. My daughters, they already train. Well, my one, the other one's not born yet. Shwet Lord says, how many people on the roster do you think get away with using PEDs? I'm going to say to you, like, there are some guys that I know, like, I know they're on it. Like, I know not, oh, I think they're on it. I know they're on it. Um, I'm going to say, and when I say this figure, it might not seem like a lot, But I'm going to say to you, 20% guaranteed, 100%. And the guys that are fighting late, late into their career, I haven't seen, not heavyweights, maybe, maybe not heavyweights, but those guys that fight late, past their late 30s kind of thing, and they're doing well and they're just getting better. I haven't seen one of them that hasn't had, some sort of positive test against them and that's with with that piss poor testing you know what i mean um i haven't seen anyone that i can think of like that that doesn't like that hasn't had some sort of black mark against their name you know um so anyone i think that's got the funding and that trains this is another thing like i've spoken about it before any of those guys that have gone overseas and done a camp when i say overseas i mean somewhere like i don't want to say a country because then people are going to say no you're just talking about this guy or that guy i'm not talking about anyone even when i said the older ages i'm not pointing to anyone in particular i'm just saying you go and do your own research and look who's tested positive and match up what i said those guys that are doing really well in mid mid to late 30s or whatever. Nearly all of them that I can think of have at some way or for whatever reason tested positive. Um so any of those guys, any of the guys that's got a bit of money behind them and a bit of clout, it's not hard to to pass a test, man, because it's a fucking IQ test. Like you get three strikes. So if say for example, you come and you you I'm training someone here and Usada comes through the door and they say, Oh, I'm here to test billy and i say billy's not here billy's training in the swiss alps that's a mark against his name but that he doesn't nothing happens to him he gets three in a year before that happens and you can take you can micro dose on testosterone where you it clears your system in 24 hours you know 48 hours and usually they don't come back straight away so if you then you tell billy hey billy ease up on those uh gummy bears that's one. The other thing is if you train in another country where, say, for example, look up some countries, man, because it's like where the average wage is $100 US a month, right? And so you're not, you're not, getting, tra- you're not getting tested by USADA or in Australia, ASADA, who, who would be in a, like an auspice of USADA here. You'd be getting tested by pick, you know, not, not being smart, pick third world country, right, that you're training in. That you've set up your camp in, and their average sum of money a, a month is a hundred dollars US, right? These people that are coming and test you is not Usada, it's not Asada, it's they're testing um, people under like a like an auspice of um, of Usada. So you do the math yourself. If you're someone that's taking your whole camp over there, you you can afford to do that. if You really think? That you can't sway the testers. It's not. It's not hard, man. And you wouldn't even need to. The person would fucking shit themselves, anyways. It's like you, like what some of those guys would be making in the upper echelons of the UFC is an astronomical figure for them. You know what I mean? For that person's come to test them. So, me just having said everything that I just said, then yeah, I'd say twenty percent. Fucking guaranteed, one thousand percent guaranteed. Um, and that's a huge figure because fifty percent. Oliver Aikman said fifty percent, and I agree fifty percent as well. But fifty percent is a big number, right? Fifty percent. Like I don't know, there's six hundred eight hundred thing, maybe four hundred of them could be, you know. But twenty percent is huge, you know. And when you're thinking about the twenty, when that twenty percent, I'm also saying the twenty percent would be top heavy too. It wouldn't be, um. Because the guys that just come in that don't know what they're doing, they're going to get caught. They're the ones that get caught. They're the cannon fodder. But it would be definitely top heavy, the the 20% that I'm talking about. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying anyone in particular. I'm not saying the champions are on it. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm not saying the champions that train overseas are on it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if you were to do it, that is how you would do it. You know That doesn't mean oh, that people are doing it. Luke says, is there a way to get a contract that pays 100% regardless of the result? With the UFC? No. No. They don't do that. Nicholas Bright says, Joseph Feely, technically Nate and Cowboy will tune up fights. Meant to have been. Yeah. Like what we spoke about that with Cowboy. Oliver Ekman says, John Jones used to have one like that. He was getting 500 no matter what. I think it's kind of rare though um yeah no no that's a different contract though you're talking about john jones as a champion he wasn't on that money as a non-champion or whatnot their contracts are a little bit different if you've been a champion and now you're not a champion anymore your contracts are a little bit different you can there's different stipulations in that but when i think the questions being asked is by luke is there a contract that pays 100 regardless of the result that is not for the mainstream like you're talking about There'd be guys, there'd be a handful of guys that were ex champions that would have certain uh contracts like that, depending on how much they draw and whatnot. Luke said I think DJ had a flat fee contract. Again, like I said, like um yeah, he would have got whatever and blah, blah, blah. But these are not Demetrius Johnson was the best flyweight ever. You know what I mean? We're talking in general with people, no, nah, that's that's what you get. Um some says honestly, everyone wants a Connor versus Tony can be a the, the battle to break a losing streak. I don't really want to see that fight, eh? I just seen there's nothing there selling Tony to me versus Connor. You know what I mean? I don't see him beating Connor. I don't see him, I don't see him lasting against Connor. They could make that fight. I mean, they could, but. But no. Oliver Ekman says, you got a kid on the way, Fab. I do, sir. I do. Joseph Feely says, McGregor only has one win at lightweight. It looked like Poirier could eat his punches much better at lightweight than featherweight. If Conor wants to be the champ again, maybe a drop down to featherweight, I doubt he would cut though. I don't think Conor will see featherweight ever in his life again. I don't think he can make the cut anymore. Um, and some says, Volk would ground and pound him into oblivion. I agree that Volkanovski would beat him. What I disagree with is that it'd have to be through ground and pound. Like Volkanovski at featherweight would give a lot of problems to to McGregor. He's a guy that he's very smart. He understands the striking game really, really well. He's really got really good tactics. He's got the threat of the takedown. I don't. I don't know that that's the way that it would necessarily go versus him and McGregor because. <clears throat> wolkanovsky hits hard too you know what i mean so he's smart man and he's got a good team behind him so i I think it wouldn't be easy you know nowadays as well man now you got max holloway there as well max holloway is not even the champion at featherweight um i don't think that mcgregor in a five round fight beats max holloway today look who max holloway is now i don't think he beats him i just don't see him beating him you know not 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 now not in five rounds In three rounds, I I pick McGregor versus Holloway, to be honest with you, because I see him being able to crack Holloway, you know, in the first couple of rounds, enough to win one or two rounds, you know, um, and hurt him. Not necessarily put Max away, because Max got a granite chin, but Max's distance, his knowledge of distance now, versus the first time he fought McGregor, is completely different. Um, And how active he's been, I don't know. That's what I'm saying, like, In a three-round fight, I can see McGregor maybe dropping him or 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 hurting him or getting the better of some of the exchanges and winning maybe two rounds of the three. In a five-round fight, no. I didn't no way. I just see Max slowly and gradually just plowing, putting the volume on. One foot out the door says, screw the Tony Ferguson or IDA fight. You're talking about McGregor, right? Um yeah i i i I agree with you man i don't i don't really yeah um i'm not sure one foot out the door what you mean um okay sweat says gordon ryan talked about his possible transition to mma i personally think he wouldn't make a big splash especially with ufc heavyweights but he's only 25 what are your thoughts I don't know, man. I don't know if he fights at, I don't know if he'll fight at heavyweight. I don't know what weight he'll fight at. Um, It's, he, I mean, he would, you look at Gary Tonin, Gary Tonin's doing really well. Gordon Ryan has made a lot of money doing jujitsu. So he's got access and he's got access to the best coaches, best coaches. I mean, that's a, subjective term but they're definitely up there um i think he's got a fantastic team of people around him and he's got all the money to be able to bring in and train with whoever he wants as well so and no one is going to be able to deal with him on the ground so i don't know i I really don't know uh giga versus barbosa is going to deliver yes sir yes it is Herbert over Before says, also, what's your favorite weight class to watch in UFC currently? Big love, my man. Right back at you, sir. Thank you so much. What's my favorite weight class to watch right now is a Bantamweights, man. I, I'm I'm really enjoying the Bantamweights. I'm a huge fan of Peter Yan. I really, really like watching that guy fight. I love his style. I love his boxing. I love the way that he um that he incorporates takedowns as an offensive weapon to keep people from taking him down you know it's not something that you see a lot of people do uh so he wants to keep the fight standing and you know he takes people down you know he like he did that to to sterling he did that to sterling a bunch of times he didn't want to go to the ground with sterling but he still did a lot of out of reef trips a lot of very very smart man because that ties you down as well you know tires the other guy down because you think. Every time that Sterling would shoot and he'd get stuffed or get stopped or it wouldn't work out, that taxes him. Every time that um Peter Yen drops him and he has to get up, that taxes him. You know, not not a massive amount, but enough. And tactically makes you stop, and makes you start pausing, and he wants you to pause so that so that you can't take him down and he can get his striking off. And now you're not just watching, oh, when can I get in and strike? He's not being passive with it. He's being aggressive and he's not being he's being proactive and not reactive. So he's defending the takedowns by doing takedowns. So I love watching that guy fight, man. I, I really, really do. Um the other guy that's to watch is Imavov, that guy at middleweight. He's um he lost the decision to to Phil Hawes, but I feel that that had he have done a few different things, he 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 could have given Phil Hawes more trouble than what he did. He's going to be a very interesting fight this weekend versus Ian Heinish. I don't know who wins that fight. I really don't. That one, again, not disrespecting people or anything, but they're the, the two fights that I want to see this weekend is the Imavov versus Heinish fight and the Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw fights? They're the two fights that I really want to see. I'm sure there'll be other good fights on the card, but they're the two that I'm pumped to see. Um. Herbital before says hey Fab for fitness, which is better, safer for an older guy to train? BJJ or Muay Thai? No sport, no sparring in Muay Thai. Muay Thai, Muay Thai. I love grappling, you know. I I I love it, but like I need to. I need double knee replacement. I'm 41. I'm not even that old, but my knees are shit. My knees have always been shit. And grappling, where I'm going to grapple, even I'm going to grapple light like, because fucking people don't grapple light. Like, uh, bjj is hard on your body dude like no matter what people say you're grappling it's it's for real you're grappling whereas muay thai you can hit the pads you can shadow box um there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do and it's not you're not going to smash your body you know you're not going to smash your body whereas if you train jujitsu, i mean train jujitsu. you know you can it, it depends what level you are as well look even though my knees are shit if i grab a guy that I know that's pretty good and da 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 da. da I can roll with him. Like I'll, I'll roll with some of my friends that I know, you know, and I can have a good little roll with them and it's okay. But I would not go to join a jiu-jitsu gym now and roll with people. And it's, it's, there's a risk. They hold up like when you go and oh, man, I ran jujitsu gyms. I'm probably going to open another one. You know, just say so he understands so that people think, oh, he doesn't like Jiu-Jitsu. No, dude, I'm probably going to open a Jiu-Jitsu school. I'm just giving you the fucking. I'll probably it's probably my my fourth grappling school I'm going to have. You know, so just just to give a proper perspective, um, you hold up the people that that you go look. This guy's 65 and he's been doing jujitsu and there's nothing wrong with him. Da 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 da. Yeah, that's cool, but you don't have 40 of those guys on the mats. You don't have. Your gym, I can guarantee you, is not made up of hundred students, forty seven of which are over fifty five. That's not true. You know what I mean? That that's that's not. It's not accurate. You know, um, it's a lot of fun, but I just think it's this contact, person to person contact, and that makes it really hard. You know. That makes it really hard. People can roll on you, twist your fingers back. It's full fucking contact, Jiu-Jitsu. Whereas Muay Thai, if you're not sparring, dude, and you're just hitting the pads and the bags, there's no fucking contact. So that one's the safest one for that reason. Uh, Herbert All before says, Also, what's your favorite weight class to watch in UFC? UFC? Currently, Big Love My Man. I answered that one. One Foot at The Door says, Islam, next fight. Um, Islam versus Daniel Benil Dariush or Hooker, it looks weak for him to call out Tony while avoiding Benil. I mean, yeah, I think Islam versus Benil or Hooker, get it done, man. I'm sign up and watch it. Um, Joseph Feely says, I swear Islam could probably be the lightweight champion a year or so. He has a grappling of Khabib with pretty powerful striking. He's climbing to the top fast. Yeah, but right now, dude, there's a murderer's row there, at lightweight. I think it's a tough one. I, again i'm not i don't have shares in the dan hooker company or anything like that but i just think that he's one of those guys that like he's he just he hasn't he you know he's always the bridesmaid never the bride kind of thing he he's he's as good as the champion you know what i mean like he's he's a fucking hard day up for anybody there in that lightweight division and he's not ranked in the top three or four you know i think he might be ranked four or five or something something like that i don't know you know so fucking hard hard gauntlet you got to run through there so i think islam yeah potentially he could be but it's a it's a tough tough time um yeah I, i don't know i don't know um Okay. Herbital before says, first question was, best and also safest for fitness for an older guy, BJJ or Muay Thai? No sparring for the Muay Thai. I answered that one. Fab, without pouring too much into your injuries, what advice would you go back and give 16 year old safe self to stay safe and train lots in your older age? I wouldn't have been able to stop my my knees thing like because my shin doesn't sit on the articulating surfaces of the femur. So that's that's what it is. It like not uh, never has you know. And as I got an older, like when I was younger, it, 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 man, hubris of youth, you survive. It's all good. Um, and as you get older though, all the injuries start to happen and the wear and tear. And you know, I'm still, man. If you if I had to roll, like if you if you tried to take my kebab off me or something, and I'm walking down the street, it's gonna be fucking on, and I'm gonna be able to still roll. You know, I can still roll. Like if I had to run, I could. Um, if I had to roll, I could. But it's not good anymore, money. Like it's it's thing. So it's, it, I'm just looking after myself. And it, it kind of ans- is The answer to the next one is what would I do? It's kind of what I'm doing now. Just um, I was always, always pretty strong. So I did weights and all of that. So the joints and that was strong. But what I didn't do enough of, and I wish I did, was stretch. And the advice that I would give to anyone, 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 anyone is stretch and look after your knees. Um, what I didn't do enough of is stretching. And that's what I'd say to everyone, like stretch as much as you can. Put a systematic approach into your weekly schedule where you can stretch. Stretching and doing uh, mindfulness. I wish that I'd understood that more as a, as a young man. And I didn't until much later in my life. Like proper understood what that was, you know, um, and I still haven't proper proper understood it. But I'm I'm in a much better level of understanding of it right now. And so they're the two things that that I would that I would say to my younger self. One foot at the door says going to be forty next year, fathering these millennials daily. It's embarrassing how soft these young guys are. I think every single generation says that though, man, about them. Um, one foot out the door says, was well, shocked Chandler dropped him shortly before he landed a real hard kick on his calf. Um, man, Hooker did a great job in that fight. Like people as well, man, he did a good job. People just like to shit on people. Hooker did a good job. He landed that calf kick, but the other guy's not a fucking punching bag, man. That's why people go, oh, but then he got knocked out. Well, fuck, man. Like he's fighting a guy. Chandler's not a pussy. Um, and I'm not saying you, you said any of that. I'm just saying like he, Hooker landed that kick. And the way that Chandler was setting up that left hook, mate, that was money. He he set it up so well, man. So well. He dropped Charles as well. Like that fight could have gone either way, you know, with Charles as well. Um Luke says some of these unranked guys at one fifty five could win the belt today. The top thirty is full of killers. Yeah, hundred percent. Top twenty at least at at, at at lightweight is pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Um, one foot at the door says, "I'm all over the place, multi multitasking." Help me out. What exactly are we talking about here? Oliver Aikman says, "I guess one foot out." Okay. Greetings, lot Christian Lorenz says, "Greetings, Fab. Do you have a favorite KO this year so far?" Ooh. I don't know, man. I don't know. Not one that comes to mind like that. I don't know. Maybe if you guys can tell me some of the ones that you guys think, but um, yeah, let me know. Brutus M says Fab Kipasa. What contact sport did you first try? How old were you when you started BJJ? I was about nineteen, twenty when I started BJJ, and my first contact sport I would say Taekwondo and Rugby League around around that that age. Taekwondo probably I was five or six, maybe six. Um and rugby league, I would have not not proper played it, but I would have been introduced to it at a very early age. Back then, you could play like tackle football and the for lunch and stuff. Um, so yeah, those two things. Um, Joseph Feely says, I agree, Luke. Lightweight is stacked is stacked, especially the top five. It's hard to say that one guy is much better than the previous. That is a hundred percent true. I I see lightweight being very very difficult one right now you know like there isn't Charles hasn't held the he hasn't got the belt and held it and kept it for three four fights you know so you don't have that champ that's pulled away like Kabib was or other champions are so you don't you don't have that yet you know and then all the other guys are like you know Dustin Poirier versus Charles that's 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 a that's a crazy fight you don't know who's gonna win that one. You put Hooker in there you don't know. Um, but then dude, this is what's crazy. You get you 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 get Gregor Gillespie and you bring him up, and he's a tough fight for any of them. Uh Dos Anjos, Islam, Brad Riddell. Fuck oh, you, get some good guys there, man. Um, Salah says, Fab, who would you favor between Riddell vs Hooker? Obviously, that fight will never happen, but curious to hear your thoughts. I'd have to favor Hooker. because Brad Riddell. And I'm a massive fan. This is not so. And he only lives in New Zealand, so don't go fucking say that I said something, and then he catches me out and beats a fuck out of me. So that's not what I'm saying. But for how great his striking is, you know, and he's gone to decisions with Cedric, uh, with the Immortal, with um, knocked out Wayne Parr. Like, you know, but for all of that, for all of his striking, he doesn't have a lot of knockouts. In on his resume, especially in MMA, and Hooker is very durable, and Brad Riddle his his takedown defense is very good, etc. But I just see Hooker as being more experienced, you know, in in MMA, more experienced at the top end, and I think he could give Brad Riddle some serious serious headaches, you know, it, that even in the striking. But I think overall in MMA, like I think. um Hooker will want want to take it to the ground, will want to get it to the ground, and he'll start to create more problems for Riddell there. So if the two in a fantasy matchup like that were to happen, I would say Hooker. Today, today, right? They fight in two years? I don't know. I don't know. In two years, you don't know where Brad Riddell's MMA will be at. It looks pretty fucking good right now. One foot out the door says, Why gambling on MMA is psychotic? Absolutely, sir. Guys, if you haven't already, please hit the like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. Um, so please do that for me, guys, because that helps immensely. I'm just going to put something up. Sorry, just a second, guys. Um, the Jerry KO over Reyes was, yeah, man, B. Johnson, I have to agree with you. That was a crazy KO. That was crazy, man. That was a crazy fight. Um, see, Jerry's got a thing, man. He's got something that, that like there's a thing with him, you know, like an aura, like that he's bringing forward. Um, San Hagen's flying knee of Frankie Edgar, Pfft, another massive one. Uh, 2021 has been a wild year in general, says Christian Lorraine. I agree with you, my friend. Christian Lawrence says, "Of course, I will never forget your reaction when Francis slept steeper. That was a bad one as well." Oliver Ackerman says, "Christian Laurent, did you see his reaction to the Connor leg break? Man, that was that was bad, man. That was Dustin Poirier knocking out Connor. Dustin Poirier knocking out Connor. I don't know if that was 2021 though." Um. We are live. Says Riddle is too small. He's not. He's not that small, dude. I've seen him a few times in real life. He's. Just got a different build, man. He's just like a little kind of nuggety, kind of nugget, kind of put together little guy. He's not like, whereas Hooker's like long. Hooker's like my, my size. You know, he's got long arms and he's tall. But um Rodell's like a short, nuggety kind of dude. Christian Lorenz says, All the reactions are amazing. We'll need a side by side compilation one day. I, um, if you guys want to pull one together, that's awesome. I, um I'm just being me, mate. Joseph Feely says, anyone have hope O'Malley could rise to the top in the next year? I'd also be interested in seeing how he'd fight at featherweight. He's quite thin at bantamweight as it is. Look, I don't know with him. um, Because that's another division. I can't see him beating Aldo, right, at bantamweight. I don't know. I There are some tough matchups for him there. I'm not saying that he can't ever rise to the top. He's such a young guy, you know? So it might take him a few years. I just don't know. I haven't seen, this is the thing I always say about Sean, Ome- Sean O'Malley. I haven't seen him do anything in his fights that I don't already know that he can that he can do. Like what I saw against, in, in his last fight against Chris, I already knew he could do that. I expected him to do that. Um. Which, don't get me wrong, was a fantastic performance. But, I'm I'm expecting fantastic performances from him against guys of that nature that are that are new to the to, to the sport and whatnot. That's this is not, not not an insult. Now, if Sean O'Malley goes out and does that to Jose Aldo, this is a different story. You know, and that's I'm not saying he can't. That's just what I want to see. I want to see if he can. That would answer some questions for me. Um I I already I've seen him just I've seen him do what i know he's going to do that's all i'm saying um sorry as i'll skip a couple we are live says paul felder beat hooker i reckon it was a close fight it was a close fight um i agree with you david morris says you mentioned mindfulness did you mean as distinct from the mindfulness that comes with physical with sport physical activity i find that i'm at my most mindful while exercising cooking gardening etc well, I think there's a, there's a number of things with that. It's like understanding. Cause one thing is like people will say, you know, what's good for anxiety, go and roll jujitsu, go and do this, go and do that and blah, blah, blah. And that's more like, that's dialectical behavioral therapy. And that's great. You know, it gets your mind concentrating on something else and you're not concentrating on this, but also just being able to be still in my own mind and understanding how to compartmentalize certain things, understanding how to, Find those those spe- that time that space in my day, um, and being able to just concentrate on my breathing and slow slow everything right down, which has great benefits, you know, for you in you know the, the reduction in the size of your amygdala, in your ability to process your thoughts, so all that kind of stuff, you know. But David Morris, I'm the same as you. Like if I'm doing physical activity, training, whatever, but it's a little bit different because. When you're doing that, you're focused on a task, right so then everything else goes out the window, and that's what it's actually called dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, it's really, really good, really, really good. but it's not going it's not the other stuff as well because I was already training if I understood mindfulness and you know meditation, whatever you want to call it, but if I understood that, I think would have helped a lot. People would say to me, but I was like 20 years old, 20 years old yeah, fuck whatever." But I didn't didn't get it. You know, now I get it. Same as a stretching. Um Joseph Feely says, same Oliver I mainly has a very unique style. I think his kicks and unorthodox striking could be a decent recipe to mowing through the band and weight division. Interesting. Well, like I said, I just said it a second ago. Um, I think he can, but I haven't seen him do it to anyone that I think that I didn't think he was going to. You know what I mean? Um, Salah Ahmed says. Do you feel like Islam lost any hype after that fight? He completely steamrolled Doba in an exciting fight, but Moisés made him look a bit lackluster, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I think the 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 actual thing, if we look, gonna look at it objectively, the the quick answer is yes, I I agree, I I think he did. But the real the real answer, if you look at it objectively, is this: if he hadn't had that that um that performance against Drew uh, against Doba and you didn't know who Islam was and you said, see this guy, Thiago Moises, he just ankle locked uh, Michael Johnson in his last fight. You know, he's had some tough fights. He's good. He's a real good grappler. He's, watch this guy. He's got good jiu-jitsu. Just watch him. And you see Islam do what he did, then you wouldn't. You'd be like, holy fuck, this guy on the ground is a monster. Um. So that's that's where, like, because he had such a good, Performance against Drew Doba, you you expected that level. You know what I mean. You expected that. um And I think he did do a really good performance against Moises. It's just that you wanted to see him go from Drew Doba. His performance against Drew Doba against a very good fighter in Drew Doba to being like I don't know what's in you know do nineteen ninety four guile from Street Fighter two invisible throw on Moises. You know that's what we expected because I, I have that same feeling as you. Like, but you know what it is? It's kind of like when when you've had a good burger somewhere and you go back the second time to have the same burger and you've told your friends and everyone this burger is fantastic. But when you get there the second time, the burger's good, but the first time for whatever reason, like they did it off the hook. The second time it's still a great burger, but it's not what you thought it was going to be. Um, and it's like that with with Islam. I think he did really really well really really well you're just expecting him to go up another level after the performance against dober uh we are live says dan henderson bisping to the dark depths of hell with his h-bomb and falling elbow to make it even worse that was bad dude um max Berner says rest in peace south africa so much looting and killing my thoughts are with the people of south africa for sure Oliver Ekman says, I think my favorite spinning elbow I've ever seen was the one Fab 2 against Robin VR Boxing. <laughs> Christian Laurent says, I usually stream the fights and turn the sound off and have a Fab commentary playing on the other tab. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it, man. You know, it's very flattering and I really appreciate you guys, you know. Oliver Ekman says, that should be law at Christian Laurent, Luke says, Masvidal of Till is one that I've always found really brutal. Honestly, I was just thinking about that knockout the other day, you know, it's, and I realized I was thinking about that the other day. I realized that for whatever reason, that knockout replays in my head. Like I'll be doing something, and that knockout comes to my head. Um, it was sickening. The way he fell and his head smashed onto the floor, it was sickening. It was, it was, it was a sickening knockout. Um, Joseph Feely says, that's fair. O'Malley hasn't given really any challenging opponents so far. Part of me thinks that you've seen might be afraid of pairing him up with someone too hard and thus destroying the sugar show hype. And this is the thing, dude. This is the thing. When I'm not being critical of O'Malley. I enjoy watching him fight. And I don't think he should be pushed much quicker either. I don't. You know what I mean? I think he's a young guy. Man. Nurse him along, bring him along. All I'm saying is that I haven't seen, I know that he can do what he's doing. I haven't seen him do something that. It's like if you said to me, you know, Kabib, out grappled one of his opponent, opponents, I'd be like, yeah, I know. I've seen him fucking do that. um Okay. One foot at the door says Jiri versus Israel. Interesting fight. Salah said, it's not even the skill in question for Sean for me. I feel like he's not durable. Jan and Aldo was a war of attrition. I just don't see Sean even coming close to be able to survive those fights. That that's kind of what I mean as well. Like I just don't see him saying a five-round fight or even a three-round fight with someone like Aldo. And Aldo, well, we haven't seen Aldo's leg kicks for a long time. I do believe he's going to dust them and bring them out of the closet if he has to fight Sean and Maley. And I don't see Sean taking those leg kicks for Five rounds, you know what I mean. Three rounds, even like I don't, I do He could catch Elder with something because Elder's kind of like. But I see Elder just kicking the shit out of his legs. Um. Okay. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to skip a couple. Fab, did you like Pride fights, and would those rules be better for the UFC? I did like pride and I like pride I liked pride more back in the day. Back in the day, you know, not necessarily now. Um well, obviously there's no pride now, but I'm saying like the, the sport has evolved beyond what pride was and what UFC was back in the day, you know. Um they've both evolved completely past it, and there's no pride now at the moment to, to think. The closest you have now to pride was probably one FC, but they're nowhere near what pride was back in the day um do i like those rules i like elbows on the ground i really do like the elbows on the ground i like the cage more than the ring um i like foots i like head stomps and soccer kicks um i like the front headlock and you can you can knee i, I like those rules so i think an amalgamation of the two would be would be interesting um the, the problem with stomps, I think, for the UFC is you get your head caught against the cage and somebody stomps you in that kind of right angle there. If your head's caught, they're going to kill you. You know what I mean? So I don't know that we should have stomps in the UFC when you're fighting in a cage. The ring's a little bit different. Um, soccer kicks, you, got, you know, I, I think you could do them. It's not that easy to soccer kick someone. People think it's easy. It's not that easy. You kick wrong, dude, and you're breaking your foot. You know, so... um. So, yeah. That's my my take on that. But I like elbows on the ground. Christian Lorenz says, Along with Punaheli Soriano. Yes, he's a good fighter in the fighting this weekend. And Adrian Yanez. All young fighters on the rise. Yes, sir. Joe Schmo says evening gentlemen how are you sir takumi says islam's need to fight a big name well i think he's getting there i think that's what they're working towards for sure oliver Ekman says i had no idea drew dober had such a lengthy record yeah he's been around for a long time mixed partial Fad says what's up Fab? i was really impressed by islam's performance again he seemed to be waiting for moisés to gasik and overpower him with a sub eventually he Very like that. that, That's what that's why I said before. Like, yes, sometimes it can seem like it was a lackluster performance because you saw him against Drew Doba, and against Drew Doba, he just looked like when you saw that fight against Drew Doba, you just thought, man, this he's going to run through everyone at lightweight. Whereas Moises gave him some different questions, you know, to give different looks, and he dealt with them really, really well. And one of the things and I said it while we were watching the fight, tactically, man. He just stayed in the zone. He just kept doing what he knew was going to work, you know, and what was working. He didn't lose his shit. He didn't, you know, he didn't force anything. He didn't force anything. If Moises put him up against the wall, he he didn't spaz out. He's all right, I'm up against the wall, doesn't matter, da-da-da-da-da. And he just kept doing it. I was really, really impressed. So I agree with you, Mixed Partial parts. Um. One foot at the door says, Dagestani handcuffs ain't no joke. No, sir, they are not. Uh, Doug Smith says, everyone's saying Islam isn't a bib, but I really like how Islam is extremely patient and calculated. They're very different fighters, dude. They're very, very different fighters. Like, their tactics are the same. You know what I mean? They want, you, they want to eventually get you on the ground and beat you on the ground. How they do that is different. How, what they do once they get you on the ground is different you know um islam is very like he'll hunt submissions he'll hunt submissions he'll risk a little bit of a position for it um he's very positionally orientated that he wants those mounts he wants to take the back you know whereas Kabib's is much more and I, again when i'm saying this i'm not i'm not calling Kabib not technical okay i'm not saying that i'm just saying Kabib is more meat and potatoes in his approach in that He's gonna come forward, he's gonna throw a bomb, and then he's gonna shoot. You know, whereas Islam's gonna have a you know an an exchange of striking with you and then he's gonna shoot. And Kabib's gonna come forward, he's gonna throw bombs, then he's gonna take you down. When he takes you down, he's gonna tie you up, your legs, then your arms, and then he's gonna keep doing this until you're tired and you can no longer defend his ground and pound, and then he's gonna smash you. And if he can't smash you, he's gonna smash you some more, and then he might go for a Kimura or a submission of that nature. But generally, he's just going to do that. And it's really, really, it's those techniques with high pressure, whereas Islam is looking for different positions, different submissions, and you're getting tired defending him. you know. And wherever the fight goes, he's comfortable in going with you. He's not really forcing it. So it's a really, really interesting guy to watch. Both of them watching them together and that they train together is even more interesting to watch. Shevchenko versus I. Shevchenko should have gone to jail for that. Um, I'm skipping a few. We Are Live says, Misha Tate's comeback ain't going to end well. I don't think she's ready for a Nunes or the upper echelons, you know. Christian Lorenz says, the flying knee to Ascrum's face by Masvidal is legendary and is engraved in my memory. That was a bad knockout. Along with the follow-up shots, possibly the greatest KO in the modern era. It was a bad KO, dude. It was That was brutal. That was absolutely brutal. Um. Okay. Islam versus Rob. Are you talking about Rob Whitaker? Islam versus Rob Whitaker? Islam's a lightweight. Rob's a, a middleweight that could fight comfortably at light heavyweight. It would it would be ugly. Would it be nice? Says, Do you think a 165 division should exist and who'd hold that belt if it existed now? The problem is, right? MMA still still relatively new, right? You don't you still see some divisions. Something happens here or there, like, and then you'll have two or three guys that just run away with a division. Middleweight's a good example of this. It was heavy at one stage. You had all at once, you had Romero Jacare, and these guys were in their prime or close to their prime, right? You had Romero, Jacare, Rockhold, Weidman, um, Natal. You had Uriah Hall. Brunson was there. Brunson's still there. You had Rob coming up. You had Gastelum coming up. Israel wasn't even there yet. Um. Tim Kennedy, Michael Bisping. You had all of these guys, and then just overnight, it got old, you know, and. Now you have two guys, Rob and Israel, and they've run away from the competition. No disrespect to the competition. I'm not saying that the competition can't come back. I'm not saying that um, it's a foregone conclusion if Rob or Israel fights these guys that it's they're gonna win. That's not what I'm saying. But technically, on paper, those two guys have run run off with the division. Um, and you still see that in MMA, you know, you still see that. and you still see, that happen across a few divisions so i think they're not we're not at a stage where if you if you have a 165 so it's between 155 and 170 i think we're still at a stage where you, you you're gonna like you're kind of thinning out two two of those divisions you know so it could be anyone from those those two divisions could could win it you know what i mean so i don't i don't know that I, I think, yes, the more weight divisions, the better, you know, and there's guys that would do really well in the 180, you know what I mean? 180 division or, or thereabouts. But I, I, I don't know that we, we have like the depth yet to to have strong competition at that at that level, you know? You don't want to, you also don't want to have a guy now winning three belts, you know, he's going to hold all three belts of that division. You Hold the 155, 165, 170. Could do, you know? I don't know. I I don't think we're quite there with the depth yet. Uh, Oliver Ekman says, I think Usman will hold that belt. Would have been nice. Marshall Parts says, for some reason Kane JDS1 is burned in my mind when JDS knocked him out in 69 seconds. Yes, I remember that. To become world champion. JDS's run to the title was arguably the best, but unfortunately he lost it in two fights. That was a crazy time. I agree with you, man. Um, One foot out the door says, knees to the head on grounded opponents would alleviate those who play the game. It would. <laughs> it would. Um, Luke says, in my opinion, up kicks to an opponent on their knees should be allowed. I agree. Um, Jason Correa says, Shogun had some iconic wins in Pride with soccer kicks they were insane shogun's soccer kicks were fucking crazy dude um joseph philly says any thoughts on adesanya dabbling more in light heavyweight or is he going to just stick to middleweight for good i i don't know i think adesanya is very good Uh, he could fight at light heavyweight easily the thing just a sec The thing is with Adesanya fighting at light heavyweight, whilst I still think he'd be very, very successful, he does lose, um, he does lose some of the mechanical advantages that he has at middleweight. It's not that he can't win; it's not that he can't, you know, get better with it or whatever. But it's um, he does have a mechanical advantage at middleweight, and it's very, very clear. A very, very strong guy as well. Like people talk about it. And we, I'm sick of always having this stupid conversation, but people think he's a small middleweight. He's not a small middleweight. Is how he only walks around 91 kilos, 92 kilos. Maybe. Have you seen him at that weight though? He's fucking skeleton, skin, and muscle. That's what he is. So it's not just how heavy do you walk around at or how heavy do you get back at. Look at his body composition. The guy is walks around 93 kilos, 94 kilos, and he's shredded lean athletic you know um so he's got a lot of mechanical advantages at middleweight that at like say for example um reyes jiri um yarn all those guys at at um middleweight and i mean at light heavyweight sorry have the same mechanics like you know they're all tall they're all long they all got reach you know, so he loses a lot of that. He loses a lot of that mechanical advantage. Doesn't mean that he can't win. Doesn't mean that he can't make adjustments. It doesn't mean that. It just doesn't have the same uh, advantages there. We are live says Islam was playing with his food and enjoying the airtime on ESPN. I didn't see it. Oh, one foot at the door says Renzo Henzo up kicking Oleg into next week. I remember that one. Olive Aikman says Cain Velasquez was Antonio Silva. One was brutal, bloody one round fight. Yes, sir. Mixed partial fight says, Fab, would you like to see Islam fight beat next? It depends, dude, because I think they're bringing Islam up slowly. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think they're trying to get him to fight. If they really wanted to push him, they'd be pushing him to fight, you know, for you know, in the way before this, because he's got like eight fights in a row that he's won. Um I'd like to see him fight Hooker or Brad Riddell. That would be an interesting fight. Or Gregor Gillespie, one of those three guys. Gregor Gillespie would be a real interesting fight, though. Or Brad Radill would be interesting as well, because Brad Riddell, um would have the better striking. I'd be interested to see how that goes, the grappling with Gregor Gillespie. And I don't think he'd have it all his way. I don't think he'd have it all his way, Islam, against Gregor. Um, and Hooker is a big test, man. Hooker is a big test and a big name for those that know. You know what I mean? He might not have all the followers that the other guys do, but he's a big fucking name. As in, like, if you're a fighter and you're in that division, you know who Dan Hooker is. Um, Salah says, "I find it interesting how Khabib is a double leg, single leg kind of guy, whereas Islam prefers trips and sweeps from the clinch." Well, Khabib, in fairness, is is a kind of like more nuggety guy than um than islam you know so i think that that's where those single legs double legs lifts are going to be easier for for someone like of kabib's build um okay <laughs> we are live says Whitaker needs you fab to help him cut to 155 pounds you should he should just cut off one of his arms and a leg um okay luke says i think the idea of a 165 pound division also means that 170 would become 175 yeah still like it if then that becomes 175 then that changes things as well what happens with the 185 do you leave that there um do you add other divisions i don't know i really don't know i don't i don't know that um like i said do we have enough fighters to split it maybe we do i I don't know um Brutus says, Fab, when you were a lower belt in BJJ, how often were you submitting higher belts, and do you recall the first time you submitted a brown or a black belt? Well, whatever happens on the mat stays on the mat, that's for sure. Um, I think I do recall the first time I submitted a black belt. Um, do you I know, often submit higher belts? Yeah, but dude, I've been submitted so much times, man. Like so many fucking times i've been submitted so much that it's not worth me talking about me submitting other people like um and if you don't do it in competition it doesn't really count like you can submit people like you can submit some good guys at training but that's training training is training that's why you shouldn't if you tap someone at at at, um in training yeah it's cool you tap them but the only thing that matters is competition if you're going to count your people you've tapped you know what i mean um so yeah the answer is do i recall the first time i submitted yeah i do um when i was a lot like i wrestled in the jiu-jitsu so i did tap people that were high built to me but it again like i said it doesn't mean anything man like a lot of people have tapped me man a lot a lot of people have tapped me it's not even yeah one foot at the door says Kabib walked around 96 kilograms outside of fight camp. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Do you, get, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I know people say all those things. I don't know. 96 kilograms outside of camp is huge, dude. For the guy, he's not a big guy. Like, he's a big guy, but he's not that big. Um, and it would be real fucking hard on his body, man, to come down like okay, that. I don't know. 96 would be – the other thing is your frame's different, right? Your frames are different. It's not just how heavy you are. It's your frame because middleweights come down from 96 kilograms to go to, to 84. Um, Islam versus Gregor Gillespie is the one to make. I think I agree. I would love to see that matchup. Me too, man. Oliver Aikman says, Fab, besides Rob, who do you think has best chance of taking the belt from Izzy? Now, I don't – right now, middleweight, I don't see anyone. Other than Rob. Only him and Rob. Sure, can someone catch someone else? Yeah, but I, I don't see like I don't see anyone taking the belt from Israel other than Rob, you know? And I don't see anyone taking the belt from Rob other than Israel. Um I don't see it. Do you know what I mean? I and sorry, I don't not being disrespectful to him. Christian Lorenz says, How loud was the crowd when Rob Tico Brunson? Loud. Very loud um sorry guys are just missing i'm gonna skip a few one foot out the door says how loud were the booze in brazil after jared Cannonier beat anderson i can't remember that i wasn't there um we are live says i'm all for 165 pound division but dana will never do it or he'll do it a decade later like when adding women's divisions um yeah, I mean, I'd be up for seeing it. All I'm saying is, I don't want to see the divisions watered down more than what they are. You know, um, Nicholas Bright says similar to what you've said, I've known pro fighters who got knocked out in training by people just training casually. It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I. It doesn't. It really doesn't. You know, it really, really doesn't. I've, man, I've. Like, especially the other thing that gets me is when you see pro fighters roll with dudes in jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu guy will tap him and then they'll carry on about it you know like they'll you know tell people about it or they'll go in a jiu-jitsu comp and they'll they'll put the fucking thing up or tap thing and it's cool like i get if it's done tastefully i get it because it's a big name for you and it's something cool on your resume and all of that but dude in a fucking real fight in a real fight they'll fucking kill you you know what i mean they'll kill you um mixed partial fight says in 10 years it should be 125 135 45 55 65 75 85 95 205 230 265 only when there's enough fighters years from now don't want to mess it up like boxing did with all the unnecessary weight classes i agree with everything you said i do i just don't want to see exactly like what you said i don't want to see like guy was a champion at this weight that weight this way and just jumping around different weights and shit that's not quite a lot but yeah no that's very fair 10 pounds i think that's very very fair And 125 135 yeah 100 percent. i agree with you with that uh shaka garami says fab which part of sydney of western sydney did i grow up in um i grew up n- right next to cabramatta in the 90s like you could say. I grew up in Ashcroft, the place called Ashcroft, but it's like no one knows where that is. But most people will know where Cabramatta is. So I grew up in the '90s there. Um, yeah, I think Rob. We are lives. I think Rob will win the the division that uh, against Israel. I, I do think he will not. And I'll say this objectively. I think that Rob's got momentum on his side right now. He's he's got a good style to beat Israel. I don't think it will be easy. I think Israel will bring a bag of tricks with him as well. So it's it's going to be interesting. They just hit real hard. Both of those guys hit real fucking hard, especially at middleweight. That They're like perfect for middleweight. If Rob went up to light heavyweight, he'd be faster. He'd hit hard. But those guys are big boys, same as Israel. At middleweight, they hit perfect hard, man. They're very, very good, both of them. Uh, one foot out the door says part of why Connor is unlikable hanging around with douchebags like Dylan Dennis. I don't know where that came from, but I think Dylan Dennis hangs around Connor. Um okay, sorry, I'm just missing a few. Luis Enrique says, Thank you for all the amazing interviews and podcasts, fam. No fuck, man. Thank you, mate, for um Everything, man. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for commenting. Thank you guys for making this all possible. Because if you guys don't watch, there is no podcast. So I really, really appreciate it, man. I really, really do. So that was that was really cool. Um, I really do. So I, I really, really appreciate you guys watching and hanging out like this and having a conversation. It's the best. Thank you, sir. Fab, love the podcast, my brochino. Catch you next time, Fab. Support. Thank you, my friend. I really, really appreciate it, man. I really, really do, man. Like, you know, keeping the show going and watching it and having a good time with you guys is the best, man. I, I love it. Um. Pat says, second on the gratitude. This is rapidly becoming my favorite MMA podcast. Man, guys, you got to stop. You got to stop, man. This is so flattering to me. And I, I love it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. One foot out the door says, I'm on vacation. It's 3.19 a.m. Where are you? One foot out the door. What country? Luke says, obviously anything can happen, but I'm not sure. I see a solid way for Rob to beat Izzy. Um, it's, man, it's a fucking. That's going to be a close fight. We'll talk about that more closer to the closer to the fight. Um, I don't think there's a lot in it between the two of them. I think even when you watch their first fight, unless you're going to go on the narrative that fucking Rob ran in throwing overhand rights, which isn't what happened. It's not even what happened. So um there wasn't a lot in that fight. But when you got two guys dynamite in their hands, a the guy that can strike the way Israel does, and Rob as well, one of them's going to get hit. And it was Rob that got hit early in the first. So he didn't get a chance to see Rob, the evolution of his fight in that in that fight in that particular fight. Um, one foot at the door says East Coast of Canada. Oh. Wow. Is that is Nova Scotia on that side, on the East Coast? Mason Clatt says, Fab, what does your jiu-jitsu game look like? Not very good right now. Not very good, mate. Um, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not a, a, I am not don't know. What does my jiu-jitsu game look like? I don't have like a um, – I'm an opportunist. I'm an opportunist, my friend. I'll just take whatever I can get. Luis Enrique says, on Corey, San Hagen style. I don't know why, but he's my favorite fighter to watch by far. I want to fight like the guy. My thoughts on Sanhagen. He's an ex basketball player, very, very light and very long for his um for his division. He's my height and fights at bantamweight. Moves really, really well. Moves in and out. He's Got good striking, really good striking background, and you know he can he can hit you from different angles. Got big knees coming up. Knows how to use them. I I. Don't think there's a lot of people that can beat him, to be, to be honest, in that division. I just think that the TJ Dillashaw of old can do certain things with him that that will make it difficult for him. You know what I mean? Not necessarily, but I don't know if he'll beat him now. I don't know. But he's fantastic. Um. Luke says, I thought Rob was winning round one until the knockdown. Yeah, it was, man, it was. A, there's not a big margin of error with those two guys. You know what I mean? There's not. Um, Christian Lorenz says if a trilogy occurs between Rob and Izzy would the Melbourne cricket ground of 100,000 seats be able to sell out for that fighting your opinion massive event I I think yeah it would sell out yeah 100% I think it would sell out Oliver Ekman says Fab's dirty throws elbows and slaps has doctors writing notes saying he'll die if he cuts weight that's me man um, one foot out the door says Nova Scotia is on the east coast I'm right next door to them What the only thing I think about with Nova Scotia is cold, dude. Cold and fishermen. Are there a lot of fishermen there? Is it? Am I am I right? Am I thinking about the right place? Christian Lorenz says Nova Scotia is east coast, very cold place where the wallaby would need a jacket and mitts. Dude, I'm here it's like thirteen degrees where I'm at today, and I'm in my Kathmandu jacket, like my thick ass Kathmandu jacket inside my house. Uh. need a jacket and it says we are live fab why do we never see rob go for submissions on the ground i what do you mean you haven't seen him go for submissions on the ground um if he hasn't if if he's knocked someone out which is where you know it either wins by knockout or thing it's you know but sometimes he's he's takes people's back and he's going for a submission dude you know what i mean he, he's not he's not trying to have a debate about the bolivian economy with him. um shaka and i don't know why he's so angry we are live uh shaka grami says who's the best person you've ever grappled with again dude i've grappled with a lot of good guys man and like i've grappled with guys that you don't even know who they are and they're fucking really really good um but i've grappled, like as in big names i've grappled with heaps of dudes man like I've grappled with Bushesha, with Kavaka. Kavaka gave me my blue belt. Um, Tiago Abreu, uh, Nivaldo Oliveira. Who else? A lot of good guys, man. Like heaps. And they're fucking all better than me. Like not even close. Um, Sergio Pena's son, Duda, Eduardo Pena is a little guy. Man, he's going to, when he gets to the UFC, Eduardo Pena is going to kill people um all american wrestler bjj black belt just a fucking freak um i don't know man heaps but i've got friends that you never know who they are there's a guy shout out to this dude who grappled with him since he was a white belt um he his name's aston grant i'm not sure where he's teaching jiu-jitsu now doesn't compete a lot whatever probably about 30 years old 31 years old now and dude he can grapple, man. Good, good black belt. Never heard of him. You, no one would have heard of him, but he can grapple. You know what I mean? There's so many of those guys. Um, Shaka Garami says, shout out to Sacred Heart and Cabramatta also. Yes, sir. TJ is a beast of a striker. I love watching the snake. He is a beast, man. Um, We are live says, it ain't coming to Australasia, guys. Dana said so. We're in fucking lockdown right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, one foot out the door says, look at how Israel got KO'd in kickboxing. He incorporated the way he leans back to throw a hook. Yeah, but dude, you got to look at how he got knocked out. Who he got knocked out by is Alex Pereira. He didn't get knocked out by, you know, a nobody. Um, Pat says, I don't exactly like the bloke, but TJ's footwork feels like something definitely worth cognizance and respect i don't think enough to say that with complete confidence though to be honest the way he moves man he's very very smart man he's very sleek he moves he changes stances he picks his shots he's very good his footwork everything is very good um doug smith says at the fair one podcast i want to see islam versus Darius next what do you think we spoke about that earlier i think that that islam versus Darius would be a crazy fight you know um be a massive test for, for um for islam very very big test jiu jujitsu is high level high high level he's won world titles in jiu jitsu you know and I think he can give a big big headache to um Islam on the feet I'd say they're about even you know so I'm I'd be really curious to see how that fight goes um, mixed partial farts says, How do you think Usman will do a middleweight? Considering Rob was at welterweight before, then move up to middleweight to beat Romero, Souza, Brunson, etc. All of them. Do you think Usman could do that? I, I've I've seen Usman in real life a few times, and this is again people get caught up in the weight. He walks around at this weight, but his frame compared to like Rob and Israel and that, he's a he's a smaller guy. He's a he's a welterweight guy at, for, for fighting. Um, for wrestling, yeah, he wrestles at 84 kilograms and everything, but he's got that down pat, you know, like, and his style, the way he fights, he gets to be the, the bigger, stronger guy. He kind of has a, mecha- he, again, has a mechanical advantage at um, 170 that he doesn't have at 185. It's going to be much harder for him to be able to do what he does, the way he fights, to fight like that at 185. It doesn't mean that he can't. It doesn't mean that he can't. Rob was a young guy that was growing out of 170. He shouldn't have been at 170 towards the end. He was growing out of 170, so he had to go to 185. Usman's in his late 30s, mid to late 30s. He's not like he'd be going up in weight, not because he's a growing guy, just because he was going up in weight. Um, He's not a particularly fast striker, so he's not taking that up into a division where Rob was was Rob was fast at welterweight and at middleweight, he was fastest, you know, um, same as Gaston. Gaston was faster at, at welterweight and middleweight, one of the fastest, but I think Rob's the fastest in those, in, in the way he moves like in and out blitz from a point a to point B. He's very fast. Um, it, it, Usman doesn't fight like that would he beat the fuck out of certain people some people at 185 yes yes he would he'd beat up a lot of people at 185 I just think the upper echelons is a bit difficult for him like Israel and Rob very difficult for him to fight Uh, uh, it's it's not the best style and he loses that mechanical advantage the same way like when people have spoken about Usman and um Khabib right like again like that mechanical advantage that Khabib has, where he is the bigger guy, and he is able to impose that on these one fifty five guys, he won't have that at one seventy. He won't have that exact same thing. Now, Kenny he, might, he could. I mean, he's a fantastic fighter, so he could still win. But he doesn't have the advantage that he does. That's that's all it is. There's a reason why these guys are cutting down that weight. So that's how I see that. I don't. I don't see Rob's weight going up in weight was different reason to to why Usman would go up now and at different times in their career as well. Um Christian Lorenz says, have you ever seen the I'm just waiting for mate meme video online? I have not, sir. I have not. One foot out the door says there's a little island called Shadyak Island covered in purple Phoenician seashells. Okay. Christian Lorenz says are the savage days of jeremy stevens coming to an end again like i said before i think that he's a great fighter but for the reputation that he has as a as a knockout artist he's got relatively few knockouts to his name um so okay one foot at the door says 70 plus kickboxing 1k loss yeah 100 percent. (laughs) It's. That's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't... It's not like he gets knocked out. Like, I don't know why that was brought up that way. We Are Live says, yeah, I think that'll be the fight. Islam versus Darius, Dagestani handcuff versus Jiu-Jitsu ankle picker. Man, that's going to be an interesting fight, man. I don't know who I'd favor. I don't know who I'd favor. But I will tell you this. If Islam's team rolls is Dariush, I'll be impressed. Luis Enrique says... So hype for TJ versus Sanhagen. High-level striking matchup. The stand switches and feints and fakes are going to be amazing. They are, but I don't know what TJ we're going to see. I don't know if age has gotten the better of him. I don't know what he's going to look like without EPO, and without all the other drugs. I don't know any and all of that stuff. The other thing that TJ has and is very good is he can come in with level changes and wrestling offense and different things to um, make things difficult for Sanhagen. I don't know. I think that right now the Sanhagen has probably the momentum as well behind him. Um, one foot out the door says, allegedly Sanhagen used to bully TJ at alpha male. But bully, I'm assuming you mean that he used to get the better of him inspiring. Could be, but they said the same thing with Gabrant and uh, and uh, TJ, which I don't doubt that either one of those guys would get the better of TJ inspiring but that doesn't mean anything dude that does not mean anything I've seen heaps of guys heaps of guys not do well at training in all sorts of different sports and then come fight night it's a different animal you know and it's different it's got nothing to do with it um dude I've seen that in rugby league guys that don't train that well they play um you play like modified games of rugby league and this I'm talking about working in first grade I'm not gonna put the players' names out there and I watch the guys and I think that can't be so-and-so that I watched play on, on fucking TV. That can't be him, you know? And lo and behold, it is. And he doesn't look like the guy, but then I see him play come, come game night. Different animal. And I've seen that in MMA and grappling more times than I could count. More times than I could count. I've seen guys, I'm not going to put their names or anything, but I've seen guys that uh, big names, high level, blah, blah, blah. And you look at him and you're like, dude, this guy is, he's going to get killed. Then you see him in the ring or in the cage and it's a different animal. So it doesn't really mean anything. Um, okay. Mason Platt says, crazy to think about Frankie Edgar with a bantamweight frame, still finding a way to win at 155. Him and Aldo, dude. He and Aldo, don't forget, they had a massive rivalry at 155 as well. They're fucking bantamweights as they're getting older. So you start to think these guys could have been fighting a bantamweight before. Like, I think I think Aldo could have been best ever bantamweight, like hands down. He could have been like the Anderson Silva of um, bantamweights because he was a freak of nature at featherweight. But he was still like, he's a guy that shocked me how small he was. I saw him in real life, and he was like tiny, like a tiny little guy. And I always, after that, like I always thought, why doesn't this guy fight a feather, uh, featherweight, a bantamweight? When I saw him, he was like a small guy, man. I really, I'm impressed because when you see him in the cage, he always looks like the bigger, stronger, meaner dude, but he's, he's a small guy, dude. Mixed partial fad says, I completely agree with your point about the body type mattering and whether they're currently growing or not. Makes complete sense. Usman is perfect at 170. He's huge for 170. So 185, he would be small. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah, you, you're right. Like you can have, the other thing is things like, for example, I, I've i spoken to Israel, shook hands with Israel. His hands are like dinner plates, man. He's got massive fucking hands. He's He's like, like, He's tall. Like I'm 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 five eleven, like six foot around there. And when I was talking to him, I'm looking up, like I'm looking up at him. Like he's tall, he's broad, he's like he's a big dude. Like when you're looking at him, you're like, holy shit, this guy's big. He doesn't look that big. And Eli was with me as well. Like, because I, I said to him, watch, watch when you see him, like when you're up close, have a look at him. Like he's like his legs muscular. He's a big, tall guy. He looks skinny if you don't know things. Like it's like when you watch in the NBA, if you watch Steph Curry, you go, He's a little guy, blah blah. If you saw Steph Curry in real life, he's way taller than you'd think he'd be. He's broad, he's a big, athletic dude, and, and that's what Israel is. Um, and so Usman's and Rob is the same. Like Rob, when you see him on TV, you might think he's a small, middleweight or whatever, but when you, which well, he's not, when you, when you near him, like his knees are thick, his legs, calves bum feet hands huge he's a big fucking islander you know um torso is thick like he's not massively broad rob he's not massively broad but he's very thick this way you know big fucking skull like a big head so usman's not like that he's not as big as them frame-wise you know he's very muscular but he's not as big as them frame-wise so it's hard as well going up into a division where he's, he was trying to fight a fight against Rob or, or and Israel that Romero couldn't do with his style. And he's slower than Romero, you know. And I'm not bagging him because I think what he does at 170 is fucking good. And I don't see anyone beating him at 170. You know, not mm, very hard, very hard because at 170, he, he's got his striking down pat. He knows what to do, finds the right angles, throws his hands and then pushes you up against the cage and works on your spleen and you can't get him off i don't see him being able to do that at at 185 um salah says am i wrong in thinking san hagen is a horrible stylistic matchup for peter he attacks the body has a high volume and likes knees and likes throwing knees which peter got caught by versus al Aljo taylor made peter in my opinion yeah, I agree. Sanhagen is a fucking hard matchup for anyone. A really hard matchup. High-level striker. Peter Yan's a high-level striker. That's going to be a gonna be a tough one. I agree with you. Um, we Are Live says, I was butted for Jeremy's loss on the weekend. Um, Mixed partial part says, compared to like a Romero especially or a Brunson. Yeah. Like when you start seeing them, you go, oh, okay, yeah, he's not. You know it's not going to be all easy for him at 185. Um, thoughts on Tui Vasa's badass KO. In fairness, I called Bam Bam winning that fight by KO. We are live says I, I thought I was happy for him, but like I I thought he was going to knock Greg Hardy out. We are live says yeah, great fights this weekend. The one the one past or the one coming. Reem Raw says Darius is the toughest fight for Islam in the top ten. I feel like Darius can unlock. <clears throat> the things that Islam hasn't shown us yet. I think Dairish is a tough fight, but I think he's not the toughest in the top 10 because I think, fuck, all those guys are tough fights for, for um, Islam. Um, Pip Denison says, "Good Kudava Hefez, sorry, late again, stay warm, brother. Thank you, sir. Um, sorry, um am to find where I was at, just kind of missed a few. Oh, um, we are live says I'm not liking these upcoming pay per views, not much getting me excited after the epic kind of fight week. Um, Joe Schmo says, I reckon we're going to get a post USADA TJ. Could be one foot out the door says the comment on bully is to highlight how much pressure is on TJ versus how much of a role Sanhagen Hagen is on. Um, yes, agreed. TJ definitely can look Luca- at Luis Enrique says this. TJ definitely can, with a good game plan and discipline, make it a boring fight and hold and beat San on the ground. Although maybe Frankie Edgar thought the same thing. <laughs> but TJ, this is what I'm saying, it's a big enigma to me. I don't know what he's going to look like coming into this fight. I don't know. You know, he's been two years off, missed his prime. The the lighter weights don't age as well as the heavier weights. And he's a guy that relies on reflexes and speed. I don't know how all of that's going to be affected. I don't know. He's not going to try and, um, wrestle fuck Sanhagen. He might throw a take and take down in there, there and again, but he's not going to do that. That's not going to be his major thing. Um, having said that technically, I think you can do a lot of stuff to, to make things difficult for, um, for Sanhagen. Hagen. um, Oliver Aikman says, dude, the Volk pay-per-view is popping. Volk, Ortega, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. That doesn't get you pumped. It does. Luke says, I personally think TJ was always on some sort of PD, but he only tested positive for EPO in his fight at 125. All of his other tests came back clean. Yeah, I've spoken about it already earlier in the thing. Um, Mixed partial fight says, in my opinion, Aldo would have destroyed Cruz back in the day if he went to Bantamweight. While Cruz was champ and he was champ at featherweight, yeah. And the thing is, the style of Cruz—if—if if he had gone down to fight Cruz, the style of Cruz and the style of um, Aldo match up really well for Aldo. Aldo's Aldo will kick the shit out of those legs. You get what I mean to stop the the, the movement of Cruz. So yeah, it would have been that. I think I would have backed Aldo to win that fight. Um. One foot out the door says, imagine how big of a favorite Peter Yan will be against Aljo. Only a banana peel can screw up that bet. you got to remember, dude, you got to remember that Aljo is a jumping jack. He throws knees and kicks in all different ways and directions. So he could catch him. He could definitely catch him with something. Mason Clatt says, for his dominant Islam was in the fight, I did get a little worried he was getting leg locked. I wonder if he's not as experienced in a leg lock game like Oliveira and Darius are. Um, he was pretty calm in there, though. He was pretty calm, and it seems to be Moises' thing as well—the the the legs. Um, but he was pretty calm the way he did that. He cleared the leg, and he wasn't—he wasn't like panicking or anything. Um, Lindsay Miller says Islam didn't say he didn't want Benil. He said he wanted someone four to seven next, and then the belt. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, i never heard him say i not I don't want to fight someone i've never really heard anyone one foot out the door says was he even allowed to spar?" getting the two-year ban, yeah like you can can train you you can't not train you can spar and everything lindsey miller says islam said he was ready for anyone he called out chandler who was working the espn desk him and chandler mate him and chandler that would be interesting man Rogue Strummer says, TJ's wrestling is not as good as Al and nowhere close to as athletic. I think he'll have trouble closing distance against Corey without getting clipped. Um, Like I said, I don't know today. You know, I don't know today because I haven't seen TJ from before I, I would have backed against uh, Corey. Uh, we Are Live says, TJ has a team of scientists and doctors like Tom Brady. Um, Who's Chinese, uh, Oliver? Oh, and we are live. Okay, I'm just going to skip through a few. Um, Jake Cake says, "Will I ever get back in the corner of Rob again one day?" Um, just cornering—that's not allowed. Being at events too, maybe. It's, what's one foot at the door, NFL? Okay, um. No I don't I don't think so man we we haven't been we haven't worked together for like 2 years and or maybe a year and a half and I think we've both moved in our separate ways and um it's time that other people get over it too man um uh Luis Rodriguez says, 100% agree about TJ we don't know 2 years and a half is a long time that's what I mean it's a massive enigma to me and I I think in at this point I I, I favor Sandhagen because He's the one that's active. He's the one with momentum. Um, Nicholas Bright says, actual quote from his interview was, Benil Darish is a really good fighter. If they give me Benil, it's a good fight. He's a nice guy. I know him a little bit. Yeah. I I never thought that he'd say, nah, he's too good for me. Um, Usada Band says, Nicholas Bright, but he's number three. It's a big step up for me too. He's tougher than all the three guys are called out. Yeah, that's not saying that he doesn't think. Um, we are live says what month do you predict Rob vs easy Two. I have no idea. Like not, not, none, zero September, maybe. Um, one foot at the door says I meant the TJ situation. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the I think I don't know when, like if it's going to be, um, maybe September, if I had to guess, I'd say September, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for everything, man. I'm going to head off now. I really, really appreciate it, man. I really appreciate you guys being on here and, you know, having the chat and everything and keeping the podcast going. It was heaps of fun. I really enjoy doing these. And, um, man, thank you so much, man. Just If you haven't already, please hit the like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell um, so you get all the notifications. And, man, I again, like, I really, 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 really appreciate it. And, you know, without you guys, there is no show, man. So thank you so much, man lots of love big hugs to all of you and today i'm gonna hit my outro music i've never done the outro before so pretty exciting stuff guys thank you so much <laughs>